Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? Greetings to all you good people from around the country, planet, those listening off planet. How you doing? We know you're out there, man. That's all there is to it. Look, at, I was a kid. I grew up in the 70s, original Star Wars guy. So when I look up in the stars, all I see, man, is Millennium Falcons and Princess Leia. So I get it. There's stuff going on. Chewbacca, you're real, baby. I get it. I don't go to Comic-Con. I don't have a lightsaber with batteries in it. Nothing like that. There's no sticker on the back of my car. May the force be with you. I'm just straight up OG Star Wars kid from the 70s. You know who you are if you get that, all right? Not that, listen, not that we don't welcome the new Star Wars fans, because we do. How you doing? Nice to meet you. But the OGs get what I'm saying when it comes to off-planetary understanding. That's how we measure it. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. He had somebody on talking about life on other planets or something like that. And I was like, look, man, look no further to Star Wars, dude. Okay? Like mid-70s? That'll give you your answer. Um, Okay, good. Today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, God's will and how easy it is to test and approve God's will. It is easy to test and approve God's will. Hear what I just said? I know. Crazy, right? I think for many, many, many years we've done, and when I say we, I I think evangelicals, American denominations, um, we've done just a shit job at helping people into understanding that there actually is a test and an approval, if you will, to helping understand God's will. Because one of the big things we don't get is what's inside of us and the listening that we can do because spirit lives inside of us. And we got this kind of, you know, navigation stick, if you will, inside of us that if we just grab onto it and listen a little bit and use that common sense, that discernment, um, Man, we can we can move forward in life without necessarily stopping down and constantly building some altar to God to make sure we make a right decision. So uh, stick with me to that. My book year is out. Uh, thank you for all of you wonderful people who have bought a copy already. Go to Amazon. It's year. Um, type in year. <laughs> uh, JR man. Any combination of those things, you can get it. It's three hundred and sixty-five contemplations all based on what I did in 2017, which was intentionally every single day sit in some kind of silence or stillness and study, the three big S's, and uh, and I worked myself through um, a discipline of doing that every single day, and I only missed a couple days in 2017. One of them was my mother-in-law died, obviously missed that day. And uh, there's another one, and I really can't remember uh, the circumstance under where I missed it, but I really made it an intentional movement to be in the presence of the divine every day. And I did that with the Bible and the Torah and the Quran and the Tao and, and a, a bunch of great spiritual uh, authors and teachers and all anchored inside of that Jesus wisdom tradition, all anchored inside that Jesus wisdom tradition. So for the Christians out there that are already like throwing crosses at me from across the room, um, and telling me I'm going to hell. Don't worry. It's anchored anchored in some Jesus stuff. Um, but listen, Hanukkah's coming up. Christmas is coming up. My Jewish friends, you would enjoy this. My Christian friends, I think you would. I know you Muslim. My Muslim friends would enjoy this. All you Sufi freak people that I love so much and you know who you are, I think you would enjoy it too. And listen, I'm not leaving out my Buddhist and Hindu friends. God bless you all. Love you. You dig it too. Uh, I think it's the kind of book that wants to be with you. It's not the book you bring to Palm Springs on the weekend. It's not that book. 
you'll go through it way too quickly if you if you're gonna sit with it on a weekend. This is a book that needs to be sit sit with you at your desk, needs to sit with you where you take your silence or your stillness. Maybe you carry it around in your knapsack, bust it out when you're bored, and you grab a couple of these contemplations and just sit with them and help them challenge you into a stillness or a slowed down. Um, relationship with uh, with the divine. So I uh, appreciate that. Thanks to everybody who helped work on that. Rob Supan, man, brought it to life with its design. It is much more beautiful um, than I could ever imagine. So um, very, very proud of it. Get that uh, on Amazon. Okay, God's will. So I work with a lot of people every single day. And, and transitionally, uh, either big decisions, relationships, right? So we got big decisions, relationships, career stuff, family shenanigans, um, or even in faith, as we start to really mature or our faith evolve, we're, you know, we're listening to several different voices around us constantly about what is right and what is wrong. And a lot of times we fashion it just simply be on behavior. Like if, the, if behavior is good, I'm good, right? And we never necessarily do um, and again, I think that's, you know, where I'm, particularly American Christianity has gotten off the track is that we place so much of what we term as salvation in behavior. So if you're, if you're, you know, behaving properly, well, then you can be a part of the evangelical club too, or denominational situation here. Um, and if you are acting rogue and, you know, if you get that heretic in you, well, don't come near us. You cuss and smoke behind the gym. We want nothing to do with you. So a lot of what we do when it comes to ter- the terms of God's will is we put it on behavior. And, uh, and, and, it, and it can be like decisions like um, when I was, uh, I was in television for years and years and years, and a lot of times I would hear from people, oh, I got a job offer in Phoenix. And it wasn't necessarily that they wanted to go to Phoenix. It was just maybe they wanted to bump up a market, right? They wanted to go from a smaller market to a bigger market. And it just happened to be Phoenix. And so it really became a struggle to, is Phoenix the right place for me? And uh, you know, and they'd hem and haw and, you know, is it God's will for me to go to Phoenix? And I don't know, and it's hot there. And I would always position it on opportunity. And I'd always say, what are you hearing? What's going on inside your gut? What are you listening to? Like, what does your gut say? And we've heard that, right? We've heard, what does your gut, listen to your gut. I have one client who's always like, I listen to my gut, right? And we get that. We understand what that means. It doesn't matter what spiritual practice you sit under, man. There's always that expression of listening to your gut, common spiritual sense. Every single denomination, spiritual practice has that thing. It's the Holy Spirit, somebody will say right? So we get that there's definitely something inside of us that moves us intuitively when it comes to the decisions or movement of our lives. Now, there's a guy named Paul wrote uh, most of the New Testament, um, and he writes a letter to the Romans, a bunch of folks that he helped start a little thing in Rome. And... um, Again, I'm not going to get so much into the historical representation of what we're reading because I run a zero us in on 2018, and I really want us to understand our existence as human beings and really understand what 
is the flow in you right now. So the the writings are going to challenge themselves. So I got two writings in here. I got the NIV version and I got the um, message version. The NIV version is a little bit more Bible-y. And then the message version is definitely a little bit more street talk, um, how you and I would uh, talk at Starbucks. So I'm going to real quickly read through the NIV version just so you can kind of get the Bible-y uh, version a little bit better. This is Paul writing to... Uh, um, his, his, uh, his cohorts in, uh, in Rome. Now in the NIV, there's always these little, uh, couple phrases at the top of each chapter to kind of cue you in on what they're going to be talking about. This one's living sacrifices. <laughs> when we hear living sacrifices right away, don't you go images like Indiana Jones and like people walking planks with like people dancing around a fire with like paint on their face and like they're going to push somebody into a fire and there's like it's loud and it's very scary and like Indiana Jones is like looking, you know, through the weeds and like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I was a kid in the 70s, man. That's what happens. All right, living sacrifices, Romans 12. This is Paul. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. So he's asking us to see how God sees us, right? In view of God's mercy. God has mercy on us. God has mercy on you. He loves us. God loves us. Easy, right? It says, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And again, it's not that Indiana Jones stuff. Offering your body as a living sacrifice is like you living connected to God. You living knowing that you are connected to the divine. And that, you know, as a result of you living with the divine, you know, you are, you are going to, in some ways... Um, really lean into what life is like living with the divine. He says, to offer your bodies living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So you're living holy and pleasing to God. And again, these words holy and pleasing, uh, we don't have to do too much translation other than to say, you're not out robbing the gas station on Saturday night. You're not out shooting crack into your veins on Friday night. You're not sleeping with the neighbor's wife on Wednesday, <laughs> right? You are, you are doing things that we all know God's, God's will is, and that's like loving people, loving yourself, loving others, right? Living as sacrifice to that. And living the sacrifice to that may mean even if you want to rob the gas station on Saturday night, you don't. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? And it's renewing. It's renewing of the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Meaning, as you lean into the divine, as you lean into the curiosity of what you have going on inside of you. And listen, I get the fundamental baseline here. The fundamental baseline is that you and I are attracted and chase God's love. We do. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Our, our ears kind of perk up a little bit when we start to hear people talk about it. Talk about terms of love. Talk about the chase of God. Talk about those deeper things that are in us. That's what happens to us. We just are naturally curious because spirit is in us. We're in the game, man. We're not not in the game. For people out there that belong to uh, spiritual practices and denominations and, and, and evangelical orders that think like somehow, you know, th there are like uh, other people out there that aren't us and they don't feel what we do, it, they're full of shit at the end of the day. Every human being is captivated this way. 
every human being. All right? It's not just the people you're staring at on Sunday. You know, before I came to, you know, like, again, air quotes, Jesus, if you will, like, it was, it stirred in me like crazy. I was a little kid and heard from the divine. Very plainly, very clearly. No, it wasn't a burning bush. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just something that sat inside of me that said he is, or it is, or it loves me. And it also captivates the rest of the world. So as a premise, like, I get we're all there. So we're in the game. That's my point. My point is we're all in the game. We're all in the game. And that's the renewing of our mind. As we start to understand that, and come to fruition of that, consciousness of that, understanding of that, and lean in on the curiosity, that's the renewing of our mind. So how are you renewing your mind? Are you in a position of renewal? Right? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? How do you think of yourself? When you look in the mirror, what do you think? What do you think God thinks of you? How are you receiving God's love? How are you giving God's love? Right? Renewal of the mind, all those things. Are you renewing? Are you transforming in the renewing of your mind? Are you changing? Are you spiritually evolving? He goes on to say, then you will be able to test and to prove God's will. What? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will will line up against your pleasing and holy little life. And before you know it, you'll be listening to the voice inside of you, and it won't be such a damn conundrum all the time on how to make good or bad decisions. Because <laughs> I know some of you out there are all into making bad decisions. So again, let me go through it again, right? It's, it, this is good. Like There's a sacrifice. There's an essence of who you are, a joining in on the divine, right? There's a transforming away from the world, away from the way... This world would like to see you and I live, and we all get it in 2018. You got to have as many damn followers as you can. You got to look as good as you got possibly can on Instagram. You got to have a great-ass Facebook, a great-ass job, a brand-new car, good-looking clothes. You got to belong to this and belong to that and know them and know her, right? You got to have your house in a certain place. You got to go to this restaurant, that club. Your kids have got to be batting a 1,000. Your, your daughter's got to look beautiful and you got to have that graduation party with the stuff and redo your house right before everybody comes in for the party and blah, blah. Holy shit, there's such a burden to sink into like all this egoic premise stuff that we miss the transforming of our mind. And if we miss that, we're going to miss God's will. We're going we're gonna to at least have a hard, hard-ass time making the next big decision or the next movement of evolution spiritually. Okay, so let's go to the message. Now, the message version is, again, it's a little bit more street. It's how you and I would talk at Starbucks, right? It's how you and I would talk just kind of normally. Um, the guy that did this translation, Eugene Peterson, just passed away. Side note, <laughs> in case you're keeping score at home. All right, so this is this. It's the same. It's the same stuff. Uh, just again, the translation is just a little bit different, but it's much easier understood. So this is twelve Romans twelve. So here's what I want you to do. So this is Paul telling you, hey, this is what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you, comma God helping you. 
take your everyday ordinary life and what he's talking about. He's saying you're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So all the movement that you're doing in your life from driving your kids to school to making that career happen to the next decision you buy a home to how much you're saving to where you're going out to eat to what the next big vacation is, place it before the divine. Give yourself an opportunity to trust the divine with all the stuff you're doing. And place it before God as an offering. He goes on to say, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Listen to that. It's just so great. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. He loves you at the end of the day. That's what he does for you. And you acknowledging that, man, you want to talk about pleasing God. And I'm not talking about pleasing God like you are walking around as a robot. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you embracing your individuality. You embracing all the crazy stuff and desires that are in you, that you want to do. All understanding that he loves you. Man, there's nothing more pleasing for God. Nothing more. He so hopes you capture your individuality in him. He so wants you to capture all the things that you fire on, all the goodness that sits inside of you, your desires, your wants, your needs, and know it's reflected in him, with him. That is hugely pleasing to God. This is not a do good, get good system for the record. I know that some of you have been in face that it's like, if you don't do, you're screwed. And so your whole life has been this big, huge bag of guilt and shame because it's been so damn hard to do X, Y, and Z, and you'll never live up to it, and this sucks, and now I'm out. I get it. I know some of you are pissed off about that. It's not a do-good-get-good system. This is a recognition system. This is a transformation thing, right? That's what this is. It's a renewing of your mind based on you understanding you're connected to the divine. Mm, So good. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so adjusted to this culture that you don't even think what you're doing, that you're walking around mindless. You want to talk about walking around like a robot? Take in every single thing that society is dishing out to you and do it. You'll be a robot. You won't need to be a Christian robot a spiritual robot. You'll be a cultural robot. And again, you don't have to go 10 minutes on Instagram without getting what I'm saying. There are so many people on Instagram with with, with sticking out TNA, and that goes for dudes too, man, trying to grab instant gratification and worth and value, stroking their ego just enough to make it feel like they're loved, liked, and known. And you get what I'm saying. Facebook, same damn thing. Any social media, same damn thing. And don't give me the argument, well, we can use social media for the better. We can raise a million dollars for the blah, blah. Listen, it's all designed to do one thing, and that's capture your heart. It's all designed to capture your heart. Yes, you can use it for good. The overall The overall thing, man, that's happening on social media right now, though, is just this absolute distraction from the essence of who you really are with the divine. 
Period. End of story. I'm just finding my place. Okay. Um, and fix your attention. Okay, sorry. Um, don't become so well-adjusted on your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on the divine. How do you, by the way, fix your attention on God? Or do you? Question mark. Like, that's a great question. How do you fix your attention on him? What are you doing? Do you have a spiritual practice? Do you have a stillness? Do you have a silence? Do you have a, a reading time, a prayer time, a meditation time, a contemplation time, a church time, a, a temple time? What do you do? What do you do? How are you, how are you looking? How are you having your gaze upon God? Or, or aren't you? He says, you'll be changed from the inside out. If you fix yourself on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he, and you'll readily recognize what he wants for you. So when you fix yourself on the divine, you'll readily, quickly, common sensely, <laughs> intuitively understand what he's wanting for you. And again, it's not to be a robot. It's to really find out and figure out true self, that value of who you are and how you are loved by him. Readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, because this culture doesn't give a shit about you at the end of the day, for the record. Always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. You get what I'm saying? All you people out there that feel guilty and shameful about what you've done online, you get what I'm saying. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. When you're doing God's will, he brings out the best in you. When you're doing God's will, he matures you, renews your mind. When you're doing God's will, you're loving yourself. When you're doing God's will, you act on your desire. When you're doing God's will, you become the individual that you are. When you're doing God's will, you are not a robot. When you are doing God's will, you have peace in your life. Now, it may not mean that you necessarily know the answer left, right, up, down. It may not mean that. It may mean that you struggle with that a little bit, but that's what wise counsel is for. Wise counsel is not to simply make up your mind, but is to, it is to instruct you with wise counsel. In other words, give you option and alternative understanding and thinking to what could be, what might be, not what necessarily should be. Because I know a lot of you out there always are hinging on, am I making a right or wrong decision? And I would rather you go, am I, am I, do, I have a, do I have an opportunity? Do I have an opportunity? Because you can take a bad decision, man, and still create opportunity with it, for the record. You know, I, 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 it's, it's like the person who had uh, a kid early on in their life, but somehow climbs out of, quote-unquote, that and then makes a success out of their life. Like having a baby is going to like strap you down to, to not having success in your life. But that's my point. My point is, is there are some things like we go, oh, I made a bad decision and now my life is over. And that's not it. How are you taking in the opportunity of God's will? How are you taking in the opportunity of God's will? Are you allowing culture to dictate how you move forward? Or are you allowing this connection with the divine, this sacrifice that you have by pouring out your, your life in front of the divine and allowing that to be built on in maturity and readily knowing what's next? 
So ease back on the whole decision-making process and filter your life through that Romans 12, just one and two. And if you need to crack it open, look at it later. But if you're in the volley of like, what the hell do I do? Should I move to Phoenix? If you're in the volley of a relationship, we just should I break up with them? If you're in the volley of like a life, a faith evolving moment, like I want you to first understand connection to the divine. Because somehow you wound up here, man. Somehow you wound up here listening to this. And listening to this doesn't mean I'm a great guy. Listening to this means there's something inside of you that is sparked by the divine, the love of God. And that curiosity leads you to look inward, right? And as a result of looking inward, you will much more maturely be able to handle situations, seasons, decisions, easier. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're always having to hit your knees to ask every freaking time when you've got some decision to you know, to make. It, it, it just doesn't mean that. And I know, listen, there's, I know the voices out there. Well, God's involved with every decision I make right down to the cup of ice cream I'm going to have for dinner. That's fine. I'm sure it's very taxing. <laughs> but, listen, I say that with all due respect. I just want you to know that God has given you tools. He's given you wonderful, wonderful tools particularly the spirit that lives inside of you. And I want you to listen to it, tap into it, and understand it. And the first kind of recognition is that you want to be in step with that greater love, that you want to receive it and give it. And in that, there's a sacrifice to be made, that you lay everything in your life in front of the divine, right? And then you start to listen. You start to listen, and you start to let go. And as you let go, you peel back from the world in all of its prescription for your success. Because the world will kick your ass. It will hand it back to you and then kick it again. So just you got to know that. And I just know some of you get it. Some of you get it. So we'll ebb and we'll flow and we'll make mistakes. But you keep coming back to what God wants for you. Because what he wants for you is for you to know he loves you. And he, and he so wants you to reflect that. And when you reflect that, I'm guaranteeing you, you will have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. And his will will be as easy as your breath coming in and out. And sometimes you won't even have to think about it. Good people, thank you so very much for listening. I appreciate you all in on my passion as I am in on yours. If you need a spiritual director, I'm right here. Name and number and all the accoutrements on my website, jeremann, jeremann.com. Uh, check out my book, Year. Uh, if you're looking for spiritual direction, cohort, uh, training in spiritual direction, you can find that also on my website. Man, do I love you all. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Peace. Peace.